Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Utena, and today we'll be talking about eldership, how to transition into it consciously, and ways to create a spiritual ceremony to celebrate it. From age 56 to 65, although there are those who start at 45 and others who don't begin until 70, we move or are moved into the eldership phase of our lives. Here, the rhythm of things shifts like the changing of the tides. Instead of things going out from us into the world, the world is attracted to and called towards us. Put another way, instead of working to reach a goal as we did throughout our adult lives, we become the goal others work to reach. All we have learned, achieved, and become now converts into a radiant energy which, if allowed, pulses out from us. How we live, rather than what we can do or offer, is the point, and most valued to the world around us. This doesn't mean crumbling into obscurity, surviving on limited means, or giving up on our dreams. Quite the contrary. It's about returning to life as a being rather than a doing. It's about manifesting just as richly as ever, but pulling the results to us rather than using ourselves up in order to push them out. The transition to eldership can be rather difficult, as it asks us to wrap up loose ends, come to terms with all we've done and all we haven't, and most painfully, give up our identity as a doing. We are challenged with focusing back on ourselves, our dreams, our personal needs and our desires, reawakening our childhood sense of ourselves and our potential, but through the lens of all the wisdom and experience we've accreted. This can be a time when we are energized to take on a career or skill we've been called to for decades, when we give ourselves permission to let go of others' expectations and start living in a way which gives us joy, or when we allow ourselves the freedom to indulge in any damn thing we want to learn about, do, or just sit with. It can also be a time of reckoning with those things we'll get to once I have time. The things too frightening, difficult, or painful to deal with during our adult phase because the energy and attention necessary would derail everything we're busy doing. This is the phase when we're able to manifest deep healing and expanded awareness, unfold to our psychic gifts, and finally manifest the relationship we've always wanted, even if that is with ourselves. It's not uncommon for people to get stuck in their manifesting at this point, feeling like they're beating their head against a brick wall because how they've always done it either doesn't work any longer or is so painful they aren't sure they can keep going. Often people who force this adult lifestyle manifestation through can see decreasing results which no amount of extra effort remedies. This is because manifesting an eldership isn't about doing more faster, but being more. It's literally about chucking out all the old made-up rules we've created for how the world works and how we work in it. It's about converting our experience into wisdom and literally starting to work smarter not harder. Setting ourselves the problem of, if I literally cannot do it the way I did it before, and if the old way is only one way among a variety of ways to manifest the goal, 
then what new way am I best suited to use and is best suited to support me now? The most difficult part of eldership is letting go of how we've been for so many years in order to be something we are not yet. While this is something we crave as a child when we have our entire lives ahead of us and only lack the freedom and maturity to achieve it, in eldership, we can experience it as a loss. It's the difference between becoming a star which glows brightly in the darkness, providing light for yourself and others, or collapsing slowly into darkness. And when it comes to transitions, we all too often focus on the celebration at the end and mistake it for the whole thing. We talk about birthdays as discrete events which ignored the year it took us to achieve them. Anniversaries seem to arrive, separate from all the relating we have or haven't done. We get new jobs and pass off the manifesting work we did as luck. Births happen while pregnancy is suffered, empty nests just appear without any connection to parenting, and midlife is upon us in a blink without our connecting the dots of every trudging daily step we took along the way. While there are some transitions we're taught to consciously work towards, marriage, education, career, the overarching message of Western culture is we should be passive, only reacting when they're upon us. Like terrorists, transitions to new phases of our lives are always in the background, waiting for the moment, and the best we can do is live our lives as normal and respond with appropriate force when they occur. This makes positive milestones in our lives, such as Saturn return, midlife, crisis, menopause, and eldership into things to be feared and defended against. I mean, up until recently, the medical profession treated menopause as a disease, which needed to be medicated and feared as it would destroy a person's quality of life. But transitions such as these are actually amazing events. They are the natural and normal way in which our bodies, emotions, and soul take a moment to step back from all the doing of life in order to recharge, recalibrate, and re-energize. Like silent retreats, fasts, vision quests, and spiritual workshops, these moments in our lives strip away all the distractions and allow us to focus on the bigger picture. They give us insight into what the wisdom is in where and who we've been and help guide us in who we wish to become and what the next steps on the path can be. Unlike the West, indigenous cultures value each individual's transitions and encourages their full participation in the entire process from inception or inspiration straight through to celebratory ceremony at the conclusion. This can be seen in young man or young maiden ceremonies, for which the entire extended family will spend a full year in preparation. This allows the young person a year to learn about, practice, and come to terms with all it is for them to be an adult within their family and the community. The ceremony at the end is simply a means to demonstrate to themselves, their community, and the universe all they have learned and become. The same process can be seen in native marriages, traditional practices concerning pregnancy, the grieving of a loved one who has crossed over, and entering into eldership. If eldership is done consciously, rather than as some federally mandated retirement age, then awareness of when it's time to transition comes to us in one of two ways. 
we can feel the change happening to us similar to dawn breaking. Like the dawn, we start to notice things becoming different, lighter, brighter, and softer edged. We may struggle against it, trying to go back to the way things were, and this just creates an aggravation without changing the fact day has come. The other way is to decide it's time. For some people, there's simply a moment when it's time to get up and get started with the day. They consciously shift from rest into new activity by choice. Whichever way it happens, once it's started, we can choose to proactively participate in it rather than get stuck reacting to things happening around and to us. We can co-create the process and therefore guide it into something we not only appreciate, but can revel in. Transitioning into eldership, like most other processes, should be awarded one year of preparation prior to the celebration itself. This year is most often concerned with the tying up of loose ends, which means things which have been put off until later, or put off because it'll happen when it happens, or I'll get to it when I'm ready, are now the priority. Think of this like a year-long retreat or spiritual meditation. For example, it's not unusual for a person to have long-standing issues with one or the other of their parents, or one particular difficult issue in their lives which they have struggled with seemingly forever. This year of eldership is when they set aside everything else and choose to focus specifically on whichever of these seems the most relevant and healing. Often, like with an injury or a relationship issue, all we need to do is allow our attention to focus there for things to shift and begin changing. If we simply stop ignoring, defending against, distracting away from, or denying something, if we feed it our undivided attention, then changes and even solutions begin unfolding. Because of this, just selecting and accepting a theme for eldership has healing benefits. So, for eldership, imagine what it would be like to do things the indigenous way, with a year of transition. Think of this year a bit like the cocoon stage which sits between the caterpillar going in and the butterfly coming out. You'll both be consciously entering into the process, but also experiencing the process, which dissolves how you've experienced yourself previously. Throughout the year, you'll be participating in transforming what you were to create a new form, which carries the wisdom of all you've been, but on wings. It can be helpful to have reference points for yourself along the way, and the easiest to set are beginning and end dates. So, whether you're acknowledging you've been in the eldership process for a while, or you're getting ready to start, pick a start date for your transition year. This will show you the end date you're aiming for. It will also give you an idea of when to set up your ceremony, which should be at least a month after the end date. This gives not only you, but others, time to acclimate mentally and emotionally to the changes. Remember, you will have lived through them intimately, but others will only have seen the external effects, sometimes well after the events. So for your eldership year, the first month is often a good time for choosing a theme, which can be one of a variety of things which need to have loose ends wrapped up, or closure, honoring, or even decisive endings. It's not unusual for the choices to bring with them inspiration on how we want to process through all this and next steps, 
So don't worry about the how at first. Focus on the what. Once you know what you'll focus on, things can get a bit tricky in that we tend to get in our own way or trip over old habits. In adult phase, we would see this focus as a goal, project, or mission to be undertaken, march through all the steps, and then look for rewards upon completion. But transitioning into eldership is a spiritual process and a transformation from that way of doing into a new phase of being. So, in general, the rhythm of this type of transition is to take actions one month, then allow yourself to be with the results the next. Validate the change which occurs inside you and let it become fully who you are now before you take on the next action item. Let this back-and-forth rhythm, this action and integration, become your new normal. This will support your transition as well as allow deep healing, activation, and unfolding of wisdom and give you entire new experiences of who you are and what you're capable of. The last two months of the year should include a focus on your eldership ceremony. This will be informed by all that has occurred in the transition year, but also your soul's guidance on all that is to come and the new life ahead of you. It's to be a celebration of who you've been, are now, and are becoming. Think of it like a toned-down version of a wedding, or a really jacked-up birthday party. Your divinity is coming into its own, and there should be a moment when those who care about you, which includes the all that is, can celebrate the joyous event with you. Each eldership ceremony is as unique as the being it honors. It can be done alone or with a gathering of friends and family. There are no set rules, but there are a variety of traditional practices which continue to bring meaning, joy, and Akashic energies into the process. For example, there's naming. Names have meaning, and for many, their names are like the cocoon which the butterfly needs to shed in order to enter into their new life. Aptly, changing your name legally is rarely an easy process, just like getting out of a cocoon. But going through it not only proves how strong, persistent, and capable we are, but also causes our external self to match our internal experience. Everyone around us from strangers to our most intimate friends will forever address us with the vibrations which match our true nature. There's also disrobing. From veils to blankets, it's common in ceremonies to wear something which represents the old life we're living and hides our true nature. During the ceremony, we'll remove it in order to reveal who we have become. In native weddings, this is often done with an old blanket, which is wrapped around the couple's shoulders. In other traditions, it can be old, worn-out, or overly large clothes worn over something new. The old can be discarded during the ceremony and the new acknowledged with fanfare. Haircutting has been writ large in ceremonies for millennia. But science has proven that our hair actually retains a record of who we've been. The longer the strand, the more history is recorded. So, cutting our hair during ceremony is a literal transition freeing us from what came before and setting the stage for the new. This can also be done a bit less dramatically by getting a new hairstyle the week before the date, saving the cut hair, then displaying it or disposing of it during ceremony. One of the most dramatic things that can be done is reenactment. 
There are many old and new myths throughout the world which allow us to understand and partake of this transition at a soul level. In ceremony, we can take on these myths, become these beings, and draw this eternal wisdom into us, for a moment stepping out of time and into timelessness. Friends and family can be recruited to enact parts, just as a pastor is asked to officiate at a wedding or a funeral. Being part of something which is both larger than us and yet intimately part of us imprints this Akashic moment into our DNA. So the process is no longer simply mental, emotional, or spiritual, but also physical. For example, the Anonymous tells of a mature woman choosing to go into the underworld and having to strip herself bare stage by stage to do so. What she discovers there is her sister, self, who is wounded and in need of healing. Healing is provided and the woman returns to the world transformed, empowered, and ready to kick ass. Or the Morrigan stands in the middle of the river, washing our old clothes which are full of our past and the consequences of our adult life. She pretends to be the bent crone who is no threat, but she stands in our way and asks us to choose. Choose to keep going the way we've been, learn nothing and end up right back here again in another life, or to cross into a new way of being. Choose the path of awakened wisdom, strip off the armor, set down the sword, and move forward into the opportunities ahead. Or there's a more recent myth of Morpheus, who sits in an old red leather chair with his mirrored sunglasses offering us two pills. You take the blue pill, the story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. For other practices, there's the use of jewelry. Like a locket helps us feel we're keeping our loved ones close to our hearts or Mala beads, rosaries, and friendship bracelets help us keep what is most important to us present during the mundane activities of daily life. Creating a piece of jewelry which is symbolic of our eldership can allow us to keep this energy with us in the weeks and years to come. It can carry both the wisdom of all we have become and our desires for what is unfolding in front of us. It can reflect all the important people in our lives and also our deepest soul yearnings. The process of defining what this is, collecting the required components, and putting it all together is often part of the eldership transition year. The piece is then either presented to the elder during the ceremony or revealed by the elder to those gathered. While it's a fact our embodiment will eventually fail us and death is the inevitable consequence of birth, eldership is when we have the opportunity to shine most brightly as our essential selves. It's when we have the potential to be the most healed, healthy, and beautiful version of ourselves and a means to show to the universe our crowning achievements of this life. It's when we can share ourselves with the world, not through making one more product or providing one more service, but being who we truly are and allowing others to experience us. Think of it as a twofer. We get to live our best life and others get to experience us doing so which gives them permission to do so as well, and transforms us into an arrow pointing the way. And that's all the time we have this week. 
If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can sign up for my Akashic Book Club, where we read books on all aspects of the Akashics, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.